0: and that also interested me. I missed her, the idea of her, and wondered if she was somewhere nearby, throwing stones at someone else and laughing loudly, but that we just couldn't find her or hear her. I took to searching thoroughly for everything I mislaid after that. When my favourite pair of socks went missing, I turned the house upside down while my worried parents looked on, not knowing what to do, but eventually settling on helping me. It disturbed me that frequently my missing possessions were nowhere to be found, and on the odd time that I did find them, it disturbed me that, in the case of the socks, I could only ever find one. Then I'd picture Jenny May Butler somewhere, throwing stones, laughing, and wearing my favourite socks. I never wanted anything new, from the age of ten, I was convinced you couldn't replace what was lost. I insisted on things having to be found. I think I wondered about all those odd pairs of socks as much as Mrs. Butler worried about her daughter. I, too, stayed awake at night, running through all the unanswerable questions. And each morning I was more tired and none the wiser. Perhaps this is why it happened to me, Perhaps because I had spent so many years looking for everything, I had forgotten to look for myself. Somewhere along the line, I had forgotten to figure out who and where I was. Twenty-four years after Jenny Mae Butler disappeared, I went missing too. This is my story. My life has been made up of a great many ironies. My going missing only added to an already very long list. First, I'm six foot one. Ever since I was a child, I've been towering over just about everyone. I could never get lost in a shopping center like other kids. I could never hide properly when playing games. I was never asked to dance at discos. I was the only teenager that wasn't aching to buy her first pair of high heels. "'Jenny May Butler's favourite name for me—well, certainly one of her top ten—was Daddy Longlegs, which she liked to call me in front of large crowds of her admirers. Believe me, I was the kind of person you could see coming from a mile away. I stick out like a sore thumb. Everyone who passes me remembers me. But despite all that, I went missing. Never mind the odd socks, never mind Jenny May Butler—' How a throbbing sore thumb couldn't be seen was the ultimate icing on the cake, the mystery that beat all mysteries. The second irony is that my job was to search for missing persons. For years I worked as a garda. You see, the Jenny May Butler situation really sparked off something inside me. I wanted answers, and I wanted to find them myself. I suppose my searching became an obsession— I looked around the outside world for so many clues, I don't think that I once thought about what was going on inside my own head. In the guards, sometimes we found missing people in a state I won't ever forget for the rest of this life and far into the next. And then there were the people who just didn't want to be found. Often we uncovered only a trace. Too often, not even that. Those were the moments that drove me to keep looking far beyond my call of duty. I would investigate cases long after they were closed, stay in touch with families long after I should. I realised I couldn't go on to the next case without solving the previous, with the result that there was too much paperwork and too little action. And so, knowing that my heart lay only in finding the missing, I left the guardiee and I searched in my own time. You wouldn't believe how many people out there wanted to search as much as I did. The families always wondered what my reason was. They had a reason, a link, a love for the missing, whereas my fees were barely enough for me to get by on. So, if it wasn't monetary, what was my motivation? Peace of mind, I suppose. A way to help me close my eyes and sleep at night. (laughs) I've just realized that I haven't even told you my name. It's Sandy Short. It's okay. You can laugh.